Hi, teacher friends, Lauren here. It's the holiday season, and I don't know about you, but I rewatch the same movies every year. Christmas vacation on repeat for about 30 days? Yes, please. Anyhow, given the season, we wanted to re-release our Holidays in the Classroom episode. We'll be back with a new episode in a few weeks. Fa-la-la-la-la, y'all. Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? I am cloudy with a chance of rain and thunderstorms, quite personally. Mego, how are you? Oh, I got super excited for a second because I thought you were talking about the actual weather in LA. And I was like, really? (laughs) Well, it is kind of overcast. I don't think there's actual thunderstorms, but I took Lindsay's question to be, whenever people say, how are you doing? I like to give a weather report because being the English teacher, it's very metaphorical. And it's also something I like to use with my kids because then they're not like, I'm sad or I'm happy. They can have a little bit of ambiguity with it. So that's another little Lauren thing that I think I'm going to adopt until we're just the same personality. Until it's just like the two of you, the exact same thoughts. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. Our actual physical weather here on the East Coast is beautiful. It was like 51 this morning. We had a little fire outside, so it's really starting to feel like fall. Um, But I would say like September back to school teacher self, it's probably thunderstorm-ish as well. Maybe tornado warning. (laughs) As far as like, you know. Uh, how I'm feeling with everything, but you know, and everybody listening knows yeah, what it's like to be a teacher in September. Last week we talked about mass mandates. So I just want to check in with both of you, like health wise with like mass mandate wise, how are we all doing? I would like to report that I saw somebody about my acne and it has been a heads and tails difference. So if you suffer from the mask need, I would recommend finding a quality esthetician who can totally help your face. I had my face poked, prodded, needled, massaged, all sorts of other things um, by a very nice woman who I met at my gym. But I feel like I'm not nearly as 12-year-old with my face. I still have mask knee, but it's not as awful. Did she say anything? Is there anything we can do as far as wearing the masks to improve the situation? Well, it was less about the masks. She just said about having acne-prone skin, which I happen to have, but she talked about sunscreen being a huge thing. She was looking at my face, and she one side is worse than the other. And she goes, oh, because that's the, the driving side. It hits The sun will hit your face a little bit more on that side. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. But um, I was using cleanser, toner, moisturizer, and now I'm down to a cleanser some different gel to help with the the acne and a moisturizer. And that's about it. I don't have to do too much. So I feel like reaching out to a quality esthetician is a less is more type of scenario, but I feel like I've learned a lot and have thus improved my face. Awesome. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. 
as far as like, uh, so far still, everything's going really well at school. The kids are still doing a really good job wearing their masks. Um, I have one of the little necklace things that hooks on. And that's like a lifesaver for me because I'm definitely the person who puts something down like the dry erase marker that has no idea where I put it down. So that's been really nice. The general area where I live, everyone's still really good about wearing masks. And we even had my sister and nephew visit from North Carolina and they both mentioned it also like, wow, you're not kidding. Like everybody here really does wear their masks. And I was like, oh, that's why, you know, our, our numbers are looking a little bit better. So thank you to everybody out there wearing your masks. It, it does suck. I don't think any of us are enjoying, <laughs> enjoying it other than not having to talk to people from high school because they don't recognize you. I don't think that anybody else is enjoying it. But it's working, I think. Yes. So wear your mask, do your part. We're all trying to get through this together. With that in mind, we're moving forward through the year. It is finally starting to feel like fall, which means October is coming. And with that comes our first like major US holiday of the year, especially of the academic school year. And that is Halloween, which is both fun and terrifying as a teacher, depending on where it falls. And we'll talk a little bit about that for a second. But I do want to just ask you, like, Halloween is not my favorite fall holiday. I'm a Thanksgiving person, but I wanted to see if either of you were Halloween fanatics. I am not a Halloween person either. I really struggle with finding a costume. I get all these great ideas. And then when I go to get the costume, it uh, does not look in my head the way I think it should. And then... Um, I hate the material when you go buy a Halloween costume. You know, that cheap polyester, it does not feel good. It's, I feel like I'm going to catch fire if I stand too close to a light. So I Or a jack-o'-lantern. Right. <laughs> so I don't enjoy it. And then from like the teacher side, Halloween is like a nightmare of a day where it's like a lost day. The kids are there, but you can't do any instruction or anything like that. And there's candy everywhere. They're hopped up on sugar. Well, and from an adult woman perspective, if you're looking for a costume, you either have to be like a sexy kitten or a nurse, or you're making your own because they're all like super inappropriate to be out and about. Yeah. I saw the funniest shirt on Zulily today because I've decided not to buy a costume, but to have just Halloween shirts. And there was a shirt on Zulily that said, I can't find my sexy cat costume. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Do you know how hard it was when Lauren and I taught together? Um, I had like a really short pixie cut, and every like the parents there told me I looked like Snow White, but not like the cartoon one, like the one from what's the TV show? Oh, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Yes, thank you. And I wanted a Snow White costume, and it was so hard to find one that wasn't like skanky. And finally, I did find it, you know, like the long dress kind of what, but I was like, this should not have been that hard. And I, I think when I think about Halloween, like for me, I'm like, meh, I'm like, give or take. I love the fall, everything, candles, decorations, treats, candy, whatevs. But for teacher Halloween, I do really love it with the kids, but there's a couple reasons. My very first year teaching, my first Halloween, I came home. My mom, who's also a teacher, I was 23. I walked up the stairs in their house and literally just fell forward and laid down. And my mom was like, yeah, Halloween's intense. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is exhausting. It is, I've tried to tell people, it's the only holiday where you can 
physically be there with the kids on that day. Like, you know, with the exception of maybe St. Patrick's Day or or um, Valentine's Day. Um, but like Christmas, Easter, they're not there on the holiday. And Halloween, they might be. But it's a few things that my school now does that helps is the kids don't wear their costumes to school, which I think is really nice because people would flip out if someone got you know, snack or food or some marker or something on their costume or God forbid they left a part of their. I had parents one time try to contact me at home to go up to school because somebody had left like a wand or something in the classroom for their Halloween costume. So instead they wear like Halloween, you know, black and orange kind of Halloween stuff. And they have like a trunk or treat they can wear their costume to, but they don't wear their costume to school. And that has helped big time. Yeah. And I think you describing like how your school does it really segues into what I want to talk about today. And it's not necessarily about Halloween. That just happens to be the first major holiday <laughs> of the season. And that's what brought that's why we brought that up. But holidays in the classroom can be tricky and it can be a lot of work and it can be exhausting. And there's a lot of dynamics at play for holidays in the classroom. So historically, how have you guys handled holidays? Like, do we throw parties? Do we do celebrations? I just want to see from your personal experience, how how has that changed for you? What do you do? When I taught in Catholic school with, with Megan, we had, I think we did what, like two parties a year was our requirement or our thing. You could only do two. So you had to pick holidays that you were going to celebrate. So I always chose Halloween because like I said, it was a lost holiday. I was going to lose them anyways. And I think I did... Christmas as well. And being in a Catholic school with holidays, I don't want to say like they're easier to celebrate, but it was less of- Less diverse. Less diverse, Mm -hmm. exactly. When I taught in public school, it was more diverse. So Halloween was still a thing, um, but we didn't call it Christmas. It was winter and we had to be very inclusive as we should. and, And that's totally appropriate, but it just made it sort of different because in that environment, when you have to be a little bit more inclusive, sometimes I was just like, you know what, I if I'm not supposed to put up Christmas lights and I'm not supposed to do all of this, like a lot of the things that you might traditionally think of as part of the holiday would not be inclusive. So I didn't do it. Yeah. I, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say on this topic because I've only ever been in a religious school. And especially like Lauren was saying, those, you know, Christ-based holidays or or what people typically um, attribute to those, like the Easter and and Christmas. Um, I always love doing holidays, but I also think it opens up a really good opportunity to be really inclusive. So I like anything that has a high interest level for the kids and holidays are that thing. So like with Halloween, I can stretch the Halloween science the entire month. So like they are super into uh, like are are not your average pumpkin unit, um, learning about bats, all of these things. And then same thing with around Christmas time, even like, you know, how people celebrate around the world. And that just also opens up an opportunity to talk about like other cultures, other religions, other holidays. So even though I have our Christmas books, we still have, you know, books about Hanukkah. And I I think there's the chance to broaden their horizons because they're excited about 
what they know and the holiday they're familiar with, they're kind of open to learning other ways. There was one year we did Christmas and um, the kids and parents, you know, what, back when you could bring things in and do things in the in the classroom, uh, everybody brought in things from their different cultures. So we had families from the Philippines come in and present us about how they celebrated Christmas. And we had uh, families come in from Ethiopia and Nigeria. And it was really, really cool and interesting. And it was still all based in Christmas because the kids in that class were all were all Catholic. But I think there is an opportunity. And there is, in case it's helpful for anybody, Lanisha Tab is education with an apron on Instagram and Teachers Pay Teachers. And then Naomi O'Brien is read like a rock star. They have the most amazing social studies curriculum there is out there. And they're the ones who create those not your average units. So it incorporates it's, um, sociology, um, economics, geography. I'm now I'm going to draw a, <laughs> draw a blank, but it's the best social studies curriculum. And I want to say it can go, they've got from kindergarten, I, I think up until fifth grade, but talk about just culturally diverse and they just think about things and they present it in such an amazing way. I've bought like almost everything from them. They've written actual books <laughs> that I bought too. So I just wanted to throw that out there because th they have helped me huge when it comes to me even thinking like, oh, it never crossed my mind that I should be teaching something other than Christmas, that kind of thing. So if you're looking for a resource, they are absolutely wonderful. That's awesome. <laughs> I think for me in my classroom, I was hyper aware of students who celebrated different holidays because when I was in school, I went to a very small K-8 school. There were only 26 kids in the class. And one of my classmates didn't celebrate any holidays. And I remember it being, as we got older, it was a little easier for him. But when we were younger, he would feel so left out or, and we had teachers who did in retrospect, really awful things, like still celebrate the holiday and give him a different assignment, like, <gasps> it, like just really bad, like not inclusive at all. And birthday things like, you know, he couldn't technically celebrate anybody's birthday because they didn't celebrate birthdays, but they were still like really big about having parties. And then sometimes they would send him to a different room. And I just felt, I felt bad as his friend. And mm -hmm. so as a teacher, I never wanted anybody to feel like that. So I really took a very hypersensitive approach to holidays and made them like a fall celebration or, you know, winter, you know, we're celebrating cultures of the world and talking about all the holidays, just that approach, because I thought that was more inclusive in my room. And that was what worked for me because I've only taught in public schools. So mm -hmm. we're going to get a little bit more into this and we have, and I did a little research and we have some tips about how we can um, be supportive for all of our students and inclusive around the holidays and what that means. But we're going to take a quick break first and we'll be right back. Welcome back everybody. And over the break, we were chatting about our experiences as kids. And now I think it'd be fun to talk about what is your least favorite holiday tradition or thing that you have to participate in? Oh, that's a good question. Least favorite. Hmm. I think for me, it's Secret Santa of any sort. When I was a kid, we did them at school. And when I was in third grade, my teacher got me and she was going through a very rough personal period of her life and wasn't totally there. There was something with her fiance 
who I think had left her at the altar and then they were still <gasps> together. I don't know. It was a hot mess. Anyhow, she got me. Wait, but- wait, wait. And you knew all of that in third grade? <laughs> yes. Was she an overshare? Was she like coming in and be like, let me tell you what he did? <laughs> No. Kids, today's story is about how you should never love anyone. <laughs> Don't trust a man. Like, <laughs> No, but I had older siblings who I think might okay. have heard. I don't know. Somehow okay. I knew about it. Nonetheless. <laughs> now I feel bad in case she's listening. No, like I no. didn't want to air her dirty laundry out of you the world. You say your name. Yeah, You're she's fine. fine. Oh, she even remembers me. Anyhow, she got me. But because she was going through a very rough personal time, forgot come secret santa to get me a present and she was wearing a jingle bell necklace around her her neck at the time so then when it came time to do like the here's the present you got i got her jingle bell necklace as my present and i was like this totally stinks. I do not like this Sam I am. I do not like this one bit and ever since then I'm just like I don't want to do Secret Santa. Nobody gets me what I want. It's always a hassle. It's not fun. And then as an adult, I don't totally love it either. No, I totally agree. Yeah, Secret Santa, I would say the white elephant thing. I just feel like sometimes with gift giving, it's like I don't ever want to waste money. I don't want to give somebody. Lauren, you had the really good. Can you remind me? What was it you talked about the gifts? Remember you told me something about you don't. What did you, you had a name for? Oh, I don't like giving people here. You throw this away things. Yes. Thank you. That's what it was. Exactly. Like I want to give people something that like, I like to be practical, like that they can use things like that. So even like when we do like a white elephant, I'm like, um, I guess like, should I get like a coffee gift card and like somehow make it look fun? I, I don't know. And then I always get stuck with something that, like you said, I end up putting in like a thrift store pile and. I think thinking back to when I was little, though, I didn't like the Halloween parade. And it's because it gave me anxiety because we would go into the other classrooms of like the big kids. Now, as a big kid, I loved seeing the little kids dressed up, but I didn't have to walk around. (laughs) You know, I just got to sit there and watch. But something about that, I I didn't like that when I was little. That would make me nervous. This may be an unpopular opinion, but I'm really just, I, I know, against, I guess, like Christmas cards, but like the ones with the pictures of the family. Number one, if you have to do them, that's a cost. You got to find a picture. Then you have to print them and mail them. Number two, if you send me one, thank you. But now what do I do with it? Just set it on my, you know, like it's a, I think it's an antiquated holiday mm-hmm. tradition that we can probably move away from, especially because you're gonna post that same picture on Facebook. I've already seen it. So right. yeah. So I did some internet research and Megan loves when I say that <laughs> because otherwise I'm sitting in a library looking through encyclopedias. And I came across this article from the National Association for the Education of Young Children. And this article reminds us a few things about holidays that sometimes we forget. Specific holidays are not universal. And Secularized or commercial versions of holidays are not neutral. Some of them are offensive to different cultures, to different people. So just those two things are a lot to think about. Would you have done holidays a different way? Does it make you think of holidays a different way? Oh, right away, I think of um, things that I've done in the past that I'm definitely ashamed of teacher-wise. And right off the bat, for me, I think of Thanksgiving. Um, And I I was telling you guys before that um, I have had people get upset because I've done the very honest Thanksgiving, but 
when I first started teaching, I remember making like um, what I thought looked you know, off of Pinterest looked like Native American vests or, you know, th- things of that nature. And even though I knew more of the truth, I still felt like I was being very tiptoey around teaching the kids certain things until I kind of developed my confidence more in that area. But I, I, I think about <laughs> I think about that right away. I taught the older kids, so big holiday festivities were things that I was like, eh, so what, we're, we're not going to, we're just going to move on. So I didn't do anything about Thanksgiving as like an arts and craftsy type instance. Halloween, I, I didn't really address with, as far as like a Catholic school perspective because they were okay with kids dressing up in costume. And in public school, people were okay with dressing up in costume. So uh, that wasn't anything I did. And then, like I said, I just sort of strayed away from really covering tons of them. But I also, in hindsight, did not do other culturally relevant holidays outside of whatever was popularized in mainstream USA until Lindsay and I taught together. And we did Holly and Diwali Mm -hmm. and things like that. So holidays can be complicated. So what do you do as a teacher who wants to have fun in the classroom, but also wants to be respectful and inclusive of their students who you who represent your class? So one of the first things you can do, according to this article, is emphasize children learning about the holidays rather than celebrating them. And Megan, you kind of talked a little bit about that. As you were talking, Lindsay, this was the book that um, I was telling you about um, Lanisha Tab and then Naomi O'Brien, and it's called Unpacked Your Impact. And I just, I even love the front cover because it's got those stereotypical crafts, like holiday crafts that we've seen time and time again, kind of like crinkled up. And I, I just, I loved that picture choice because it's so perfect when, when I think of, you know, the Christopher Columbus and President's Day and all of these things and and Martin Luther King, and they've got this one unit and it's called uh, more than just a dream for Martin Luther King day. And I love it because it's one of those things where I think about like, for example, in the little kid classes, a lot of people do the butterflies. Mm -hmm. Like there could be three or four years in a row where these kids are going to, you know, watch the life cycle of a butterfly, which is fun. Don't get me wrong, but you can teach life cycles using lots of different examples. But I love um, this book just had a lot of really interesting points of view, specifically with what we're talking about, like with holidays. And you don't, I'm saying you, meaning myself, don't understand how much your bias, whether it be knowing or unknowing, you know, kind of I was going to say bleeds in, but that doesn't sound good, seeps into your um, kind of the, the classroom culture that, you know, you're creating. If you're willing to learn more as the adult and kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone, then there's just, I, I don't know, there, there's so much potential there to teach and introduce kids to things that you might not even have known about before. And I think also there's, aside from sharing about different cultures, there's a English standpoint of like symbolism and metaphor speaking to um, like 
when Christmas happens, it's not actually when Jesus was born, but they yes. celebrate at that time because it interconnects with a pagan holiday, which is mm-hmm. the sun holiday. So they decided to celebrate the son of Christ or the son of God, which I find very, you know, fun and play of words, if you will. So I think it's a really an opportunity to dive into other cultures and then like our own humanity in some mm-hmm. sorts, you know, why things um, change colors and how that can help you change your personality or you're in spring and things are blooming. How do you bloom along those lines, which I think kids could get a lot out of from a mindfulness or social emotional aspect. Another tip that this article presents for a teacher is to respect the holiday traditions of the students represented in your class. So both of you talked about teaching at Catholic school. Obviously, that means that most of those students, all of those students celebrate Christmas. That's part of their religion. So of course, you're going to do the lights and Christmas tree and making ornaments and all of that kind of stuff. But let I would like to offer some suggestions or I guess tips on how we can do that with a class that's more diverse. Mm-hmm. So one thing that immediately comes to my mind from working in public school was focusing on the season as opposed to the holiday because lots of things happen during winter and snowflakes are a very common winter type of decoration and it still gives you the ambience of the holidays that are around there. And that's something that I've liked to do is to decorate with that in mind. Admittedly, I did put up some Christmas lights uh, because I did feel like It's like they're at the mall, they're around here. Like I didn't feel like that was on a tree. It wasn't totally impinging on culture. At least I didn't think so. Maybe I was wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I have lights up all the time. I don't just don't consider them Christmas lights. I love stuff that lights up. I do too. I've got lights that go like almost all around my room. Ooh, yeah, I, I feel like it. <laughs> they were, it, they're not red and green, I guess. No, and they were color lights and mm-hmm. not associated with that. Or anyhow, I'm. Uh, I don't really know what tangent I was going off on. Yeah. No, seasons. I I think seasons is a great way to acknowledge what's happening everywhere. And one thing I've done in the past, because like you you mentioned, Lindsay, the majority of the children that come to, to, you know, perhaps a religious school do tend to, you know, follow that religion or at least identify with aspects of it. But I have had students who are not Catholic or, or are not Christian, which is kind of neat because I love when we when we were allowed to have other people come in the classroom, um, inviting those families to come in. And I've done kind of like sign up sheets if people would feel comfortable coming in and sharing about different cultural things. And I've always had really great responses from parents on things like that. And I, I don't know. I have had like kind of like questionnaires, like tell me about your child things that I've sent home at the beginning of the year, just to really kind of get to know them. And that's where I've had people write to me about like, oh, you know, we do this, we do that, that kind of thing. And I've liked to incorporate those things about those specific kids. And truly, it really is, you know, one or two kids that maybe have other things, but I kind of love it because they get so excited to share um, about their culture. And like, oh, this is a special thing that we do at my house. And then I've had other parents. I had one time a family from the Philippines come in and do a presentation um, for the kids and it was around Christmas and, and they had really great stuff. And I had a mom contact me after the fact and was like, um, so, you know, my son told me about all these things, you know, these things, could you put me in touch with those parents? Like we wanted to learn more. He was trying to ask me to make, you know, the the special meal that they had made. And it was, it was kind of neat that, that it, it 
made such a mark to them, the student, that they went home and that the parents got that interested in it. So, I th- yeah, I think there's room there to, you know, incorporate for everybody. But I feel like it does take a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. And that could be something that I think some teachers shy away from. And maybe it's just easier not to do anything. And I'm not knocking those people. I get that. It's just that's something that comes to mind. Yeah. And I think for the little kids, it is definitely a little bit more work because you have to really dig in with the families and find out what's the cultural background. What do you guys celebrate? I taught middle school students, so they're a little bit more able to voice some of those traditions themselves and can talk to me about it. So a couple of years ago, I had a couple of students who um, were Jewish. And during the holiday season, I invited them to talk to the class about their holidays, their traditions, bring things in and talk. Absolutely loved it. They And some students won't. They don't want to get up there and talk to class. This, this student loved it. Would come in, took questions from the class. Like, honestly, it was a grand time for her. <laughs> so I think letting, like almost highlighting the different religion and letting the students feel like, wow, I'm getting to tell them about something that's cool and makes me unique in this group of people. And I think that kind of shines a light on something that when you don't celebrate a dominant holiday kind of makes you feel like, you know, you're not part of that group and can be kind of isolating. So I think just involving the students and getting them to be able to talk about their culture, their religion is, is a powerful tool as well. Yeah. And this conversation really lends to the third point of this article, which was pay attention to your language as the teacher when you're describing holidays, because we get wrapped up and we have biases and that's normal. Everybody does. So when I walk in and I say, Thanksgiving is the best holiday of the year, you know, I love it. But how does that student who's Native American, who's been taught what happened to their culture historically, what people why, like how Thanksgiving was created, all of that, how does that make them feel? So just really being cognizant, I think, of how we describe holidays to our students. Yeah, I that's something I need to pay more attention to. That's a really good point because I definitely do the thing where, you know, oh, oh, I love Christmas music or, oh, I that kind of thing where it almost comes out with me not even thinking about it. Um, but you're right. I would I would feel awful if I was unknowingly making someone feel left out or alienated in that stance. That's a really good point. One thing I do for Thanksgiving is I have my students write about it from the perspective of the turkey. Because if you look at it from how a turkey feels, they're like, I'm going to get eaten. My family's going to get eaten. I'm going to be like, they're going to come after me. And they have a lot of fun with it. And I'd like to think that it just creates a conversation about like what does the other side what could it look like if it was in a whole different context the last tip that this article offered which is kind of what lauren has talked about before is consider creating a unique class or school celebration so instead of you know it's christmas time it's a holiday celebration or it's honoring our families celebrating the earth because of the change of seasons whatever you want to do you can name it whatever you want, celebrating the people of our classroom. It doesn't have to be tied to a specific holiday. And I thought that was a really unique solution to making it feel like an inclusive time of year. You know what that made me think of was those not holidays like National Donut Day or like National Knock Knock Joke Day, which 
can be fun. And now that I think about it, can be like interesting learning opportunities that you might not have realized. So like National Donut Day, how do you make a donut? Where did the donut originate from? What types of flavors are they? And like, can you find different donuts in different parts of the world? Gosh, now I really want a donut. I know. As you were talking, I was... (laughs) That was running through my mind. When I taught math, I celebrated Pi Day, and I we were always doing ratios at that time. So I would make the kids like do a ratio recipe and like help me make this pie. They loved it. So celebrate all the national days; they're fun. Yeah, especially anyone that combines food. <laughs> all of the holidays where you there's a holiday called um, it's like totally or something totally incredible Kid Day that I celebrate with the kids every year. And somebody at home writes a letter about why they're so incredible. And then I usually write them a letter or make like a certificate or something and say like something kind of fun about them. And so they come up and I got these little trophies and it's this whole thing. And we have like a few minutes of extra recess and stuff. There are a ton. If you just Google like fun holidays to celebrate with kids, there's like talk like a pirate day. There's September 19th. I mean, I don't know when it is. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But there are so many like unique things like that. That's a great idea. I should do more of those. All of these ideas are wonderful. Please use them. Let us know if you do. Let us know how they turn out. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to offer you our three anti-PD tips for the week. Welcome to our anti-PD tips. These are takeaways we hope will stick with you from this episode. What's worse than growing to professional development that offers zero helpful tips for your everyday teacher life? Nothing. Here are three tips we hope will help you establish how to navigate the diverse student populations you serve during the holiday season. Tip number one, get to know your students and families. This can be as simple as sending out a beginning of the year survey asking about holiday celebrations. We do not expect you to know all of the intricacies of every holiday celebrated by every student. However, you should know which holidays students do or do not celebrate to be respectful of the diversity of your classroom. Tip number two, you are in charge of your classroom, not the parents. You will get those parents who cannot understand why every day can't be a holly jolly Christmas. But remember, you are in charge of your classroom. You decide what is appropriate for your students, parent opinions aside. You can't control what happens at your school site as a whole, but you can control how inclusive, inviting, and supportive your classroom is. Tip number three, if you are hosting a celebration, ask for parent or administrative support. When we say support, we don't mean with hosting duties. Often when you decide you want to have a fun celebration in your classroom, you end up buying all of the decorations, the food, and any other supplies that go into that. Ask the parents for donations or make it a potluck for students to bring something in. You can even ask your administration if there's a way you can get reimbursed for some of your supply costs, even though this is probably a long shot. Normalize asking for support when you're doing something outside the normal scope of your day. Those are our three anti-PD tips for the week. Thanks for listening. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at realteaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next class.